standard issue for all women. Welcome to this week's Sunday Chops. This week I was joined by my old mucker Carrie Ad Lloyd and actor Susan Wakoma, who has been, in fact, making her West End debut, as you will now hear, in a brilliant play starring her, obviously, and Martin Freeman and Tamsin Grieg called Labour of Love. That's on at the minute. Uh, it's, it ends soon, though, so get in there quickly. We caught up with her about her play, about diversity in the world of acting and being a breakthrough Brit. And then we left and we met Martin Freeman on the way out. He's not on this, by the way, just to manage your expectations there, but he was very nice. Uh, Carrie had obviously acted with complete professionalism and I just said thank you a lot. I don't really know why, but Martin, if you're if you're listening, thank you. Susan is brilliant. We absolutely love her. Uh, it's the second time she's been on our lovely podcast. She's an absolute star and it was cracking to catch up with her and, and chat about all of the above. If you like this, you might like our That There podzine which is about all things that women are interested in, which is everything. So we've got a bunch of these chops as well. You can hear me mostly talking about sport, to be fair, with the likes of Claire Baldin and Judy Murray. You can listen to our Mick having a natter with her friend Rebecca Solomon about black history and what that means to her. And you can hear her talking to Ray Earl about her book. You can hear our Hannah chatting to Catelyn Brodnick about her book, Dangerous Boobies. And so much more. Do have a listen and yeah, check out the podcast. It's fucking lovely stuff. Hope you enjoy. I'm here with Carrie Ad Lloyd and Susan Wakoma, the star of a West End play. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Carrie Ad. Um, I, I can confirm. I can confirm that Susan is is star of a West End play. Yes. You. Yeah. We just saw it. We did just see it. It's called Labour of Love. Labour of Love. Do you know what? I nearly just said love. Love Labour's love. You are not the first. I had no. my mate was like, oh, I'm not going to come and see your play, and I was like, oh, that's rude. Yeah. And she was like, no, no, I can't deal with Shakespeare. <laughs> I was like, it's not. What do you think it is? Love's labour's lost. I was like, no, it isn't. It's labour of love. It's brand new. She's like, I'm there. She still hasn't come. <laughs> still got three more weeks. Just tell her you're also doing Love's labour's lost at the same time in, in rep. rep in rep. <laughs> she Susan is the start of Labour of Love. Which is a very brilliant play we just watched. We did just watch it. It's I about... It I, in fact, I'm not going to tell you what it's about. I'm going to ask you, oh, Susan, can you tell us what it's about, please? The play <laughs> that you're in. in the, the, play that, the play that I'm in in the West End, doing my, de- what, my West End debut thing. Is, is it your debut? It's my debut. <gasps> in Congratulations. Thanks. It's looking at the Labour Party over 27 years and it's looking at a, a town in North Midlands, so we're away from London, and so it spans from the last of general election this year, going back to 1990, and um, sort of looking at the history of the Labour Party and, you know, the sort of big fight between centrists and people who are on the far left, I guess. And uh, Tamsin, Greg and Mark Freeman, who star in it, they play like two people who are from opposite sides so she's very much sort of staunch Labour um, on the left and he's more sort of your Blair centrist and how they work together that's all about and it's comedy yeah it's very funny <laughs> you have yeah. To, yeah it's really yeah. funny so you, have, you have to say but when you comedy. say it's about the history of the Labour Party <laughs> it can sound but it's that's really really funny and it's also really about the history of this country in a way yeah, yeah. It's sort of because it's not just Labour obviously they're talking about the Tories and Margaret yeah. Thatcher and how 
it has affected, like you said, a small Midlands town. Yeah. Yeah, well, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. There you go, that's my review. Brilliant, thank you. <laughs> absolutely fascinating. Also, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. You put it on the poster. Yeah, good. Oh, it's absolutely fascinating that you say, oh, it's 27 years, and then you say the words 1990, and in my head I'm like, what, last year? Yeah, yeah, no, yes. Please. Oh, I hate that that was 27, like, that was so long ago. Yeah, 27 years. Oh, it's kind wow. of like when you see in the TV guide, not that anyone buys <laughs> a TV guide anymore, but, or like, I don't know, you know what it says the date of a film it says like the year of a film when you like look at I did have this moment in the real world I think it was like the bodyguard or something like that and I saw when it was made and I was like fuck yeah yeah yeah. bodyguard's old mate it's awful I was like eight or something wasn't it I don't know it was I was really disturbed by that it's when you say like oh something was 10 or 15 years ago and you're like oh yeah I was making decisions at yeah. that age I was not like oh I was three but yeah, I, was, exactly. I was like paint and a phone yeah. bill or like that's yeah. what makes me feel a bit sick so with this it's just like oh yeah for a long for a lot of this actually I can't really sort of faint even though I'm the youngest in the cast there's a lot of it that I do know and I do remember yeah. actually I couldn't feign oh what was that I was like oh no no yeah, because also you realise how much big stuff happened in the past 27 yeah. years. I feel the same as oh you. Like, gosh, you start yeah. looking at it, you're like, God, there was so much stuff happening. So much. Like, and I've, well, I definitely grew up with Thatcher. You guys like the tail end, don't you? Tail end. You win. Well, the same Thatcher. age as you. Yeah. I, had to, I forgot for a second. You were a month yeah. older than me. <laughs> Jen, you're so much younger, it's difficult for me to explain <laughs> to you. It's because we're in different school years. I she's still like, okay, she see, still it does make a difference. Different makes school years. She's one month older than Two weeks younger and I'd be you below. Yeah. Oh. I want to know who I've forgotten the name of the man who wrote it. What's his name? James Graham. James Graham. But He's got it? another play on down the road. Wow. Which is called Ink, which is about Rupert Murdoch. And <laughs> about Rupert Murdoch. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. So he's so he's got two plays wow. on the same road. He's doing all right. Then, he's isn't doing he? absolutely fine. He's Hope you get a nice parting gift. Um, so but no, yeah, he's brilliant, and Have he's you, he's uh, really good at sort of bringing them. Uh, because he's he's so clever and really truly understands politics, but he is not interested in talking about politics unless it it makes sense to everybody. Yeah. And in our case, it's funny. Yeah. Um, he's just not interested. It's really lovely because it's. A, I feel like if you don't know much about the Labour Party, this is probably a good play to come and see. Mm. Yeah, same. Because yeah. I know a tiny bit, really. Yeah. That's what I realised. And the amount they were talking, I was like, I feel like I understand. I feel like I had a really good history lesson. Yeah. I feel like, oh, I understand a lot more now yeah. about where they were coming from. And it's very interesting because it's very current. Like, it's very, yeah. like, relevant at the moment. Oh, my God. Yeah, talking about going the, on in the world. last election. Yeah. 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 I know. Well, when, when we when I auditioned for this, because I went in, it was not meant to. The character was meant to be quite a lot older. Um, so I sort of went in thinking, oh no, I'm not going to get it. And how is this relevant now? We've got this election that's just about to happen. In literally, it was Monday, and then I think the results came out on Thursday. Wow. And I remember, sort of, I didn't know that I had the job then, but I remember sort of watching the results come in, thinking that play, whoever is in it, <laughs> it's going to be radically different. Yeah. And it was, mm. like, and new scene. Wow. So he did fit, he did fit that in. Yeah, no, because it's not like, oh, there was just an election. It's like, shit went down. Yeah, like, it was, yeah. like, woo. Yeah, you yeah. had to include a lot of things. I thought they did well, and I thought they did well at not, like, you know, sometimes when things are, like, modern, so they're yeah. like, here's a little reference right now. <laughs> yeah. The Game of Thrones reference was subtly done. Yes, that was, yeah, just subtle. Just That's enough, Tamsin. Just, yeah. Oh, she's Good. She's so good. She's so they good. do that on EastEnders, you know, when yeah. they're like oh. when there's an election or something, and then on EastEnders they put a reference in, like 
sort of like when Samuel L. Jackson says about the snakes on the plane. Yeah, yeah, yeah just it's like, clang, you just feel it. quickly yeah. just get that in there. Um, what, like that Theresa May? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Brexit, <laughs> eh? Who knows what's going on oh, with that, who eh? Who knows? <laughs> You're yeah. about as indecisive as, as Brexit. Yeah, oh, that's, that's good. That's, that's a good, good one, dialogue. isn't it? Thank yeah, you. Yeah, If you're listening, please send us I'm going to move us on a little bit because also, you know, it's not only your West End debut yeah. here, you've also just yeah. you've also just sort of won something, haven't you? Oh. Or, or you've been named as <laughs> as a breakthrough Brit by yeah. BAFTA. Yeah. It's so exciting. Yeah. It's really nice. Yeah. It's really nice. It's so it's weird because that's to do with telly and, mm. and stuff, and this is so it did feel very separate. Like we had um, there's a big ceremony last Wednesday, and in the run up to it, we did all this press and met all these great people, and and it's and it is actually genuinely brilliant because it's about mentorship. So for a year, for twelve months, we get to liaise with BAFTA with people that we want to speak to, mm-hmm. um, wow. who can give us advice. So I'm looking to write a lot more. So for me, it's going to be speaking to writers and creators and producers. Da, da, da. And that's all at your fingertips. You're a member for a year. You get to go to loads of talks and stuff. It's like a real... You're not just on the list saying, you're going to hopefully do well. Like, it's... They give you loads of tools for that to happen. Mm. That's really, really cool. So in the run-up to a big uh, announcement, and it was all fancy, and it was at Burberry, and everybody got given, like, lovely Burberry clothes. Susan and it looked was, amazing I did her Burberry amazing. outfit. But I was in my Burberry outfit for maybe an hour and a half <laughs> because... I had to do two shows. Ah, uh, Wednesday, of course. Wednesday. So it was like, that's really lovely. That sounds great. I can't be there. Oh, no. <laughs> so they all, like, had a great time, oh, and I was here, no. like, ah, I better go on again in my wig. So I completely missed it. Could you not go to one? I went, well, what I did is, um, after the show, then I just, like, put oh, all on, yeah. went for half an hour, hour and a half, <laughs> because I, everyone was going home, and I was like, hello, look at me in my Burberry coat. And then everyone went home. Um, but it was, but it, yeah, no, it's it's really really cool, and BAFTA are they're serious about it. Like mm-hmm. they want us to not waste this opportunity, so they like really think about what you want to do and what you want to achieve, and who are going to be the right people. If you need help, we'll put you in the right direction and stuff. So yeah, it's it's nice to because I've been acting since I was seventeen, so it's really nice to be at a point where you kind of feel like you know it all, but then you have another another opportunity to like learn. Yeah, and it's quite nice. It's quite, I didn't, I didn't know that this would happen. So it's a nice surprise to go. Oh no! Even at you know twenty nine, where I feel like a veteran, I'm still going to be asking people in my little notepad. So what about this? And how does that work? That's quite, that's quite nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, you said that you're going to do a bit more, um, a bit more writing. Yeah. I read an interview that you did with the Guardian, I think, quite yeah. recently, in which you're talking about trying to do a bit more writing. Yeah. And, or one of the reasons for it was because there are no roles basically for women of colour yeah um, you have started writing more partly because you felt that there were not enough roles mm-hmm. for not white people Bang women on. yeah women yeah it's completely there's no men <laughs> there's no men in my script so um, yeah I've been commissioned to write a pilot and uh, I think there's a man who turns up in like episode three mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm only writing the pilot so it's just women it wasn't strictly oh there isn't enough Roles, there are enough roles if you're happy just having one line, if you're happy yeah. to sort of shuffling in and out of one scene. There is such a difference when you're in a series and you're, you've helped create a, a role in some sense, whether it's just 
it's coming out of your mouth compared to those experiences that I've had, which is, you know, a day on set and that's it. I feel like it's one of the only ways that you get better and you get to know yourself as an actor is if you do it. And mm. so it was, there was just a point in my career where I was like, I could pay rent just literally doing bit parts all the mm. time or I can go, actually, I think I'm capable of doing something but else. why should you have to, you know? Like, why should you have to pay your rent by doing bit parts? Why shouldn't you... You know, it's well, I, d- I, th- I just feel like the idea of what a, a lead actor, actress is, is just I don't fit into that of a lot of things, and um, that's rubbish. Yeah. And so you just sort of go, well, I could moan, and I'm just I, I was just at a point where I had enough of trying to convince people that I was talented enough or that I could do. It. They just I saw punts happening to so many of my male friends out of drama school. It was like, oh, he's just out of drama school. Of course he can play Hamlet. Mm. Like, just of course, yeah. Like, I have to jump through hoops in order to do like one measly scene and I just I had to you know you can play that game and you can try and fight that but I just I got to a point where I was like yeah I'm not interested in, in fighting that I'll try my own stuff and that was with the encouragement of Phoebe Wallabridge who's a good friend of mine and um, Michaela and lots of other women who were just going ah I'm just going to do it myself How and was it being part of something like Chewing Gum which is an incredible series I and mean, we were talking about it before and like, I think like we said, Phoebe's flea bag and then yeah. Michaela doing chew gum. It did feel like this tide was changing. Yeah. And you were watching a show completely driven by a woman, not, oh, she's an amazing actor and someone else wrote this. Yeah, yeah, wrote yeah. It. Like, she wrote it, she's in it. Like, it must have been incredible. Did it feel quite exciting to be part of it at the time? It did, because these were women whose foundation was theatre. Mm. So, chew gum came from a one woman show, flea bag came from a one woman show. I met Phoebe doing Crashing, which was her first series that she'd written. And I, and you know, she had this very well-known theatre company. That was how I knew Phoebe. I didn't know her as a television anything. Hadn't seen her at all on television. And so what was exciting about that, what is exciting about that, is that you're having women who are skilled. You, you know that these women are in a room and someone could probably try and tell them how to do it and you know that they have the strength to go, no. Mm. Actually, no, I know what I've been doing long enough because I've been creating this and doing this before you realised that I was probably worth investing in. And that is what's really exciting. It's and funny, it, isn't it, that they have to come through theatre? Like, theatre is maybe a space where women are allowed yeah, to I create so. their own work. And then eventually television kind of goes, oh, okay. Yeah. But, like, they're no, no, those two women would not have walked onto a TV series straight away. Yeah. As the only person in the room who's not an actor, <laughs> can I ask why is it easier to access roles as a woman in theatre than in TV? I don't know whether it's easier to access roles. I think it's just easier to create. Okay, yeah, It's easier sure. to create and you could just put something on somewhere. Yeah, like because you don't have to go through to, the commissioning And process. to be fair, it's probably yeah. the same for if you were a man and no one wanted to give you a television series, but you can go and do an Edinburgh show and you can yeah, go and write yeah, a play. Sure. You can just create your own company and do it. Yeah. So it's easier to hire you know, the old Red Lion for five nights yeah. it is for the BBC to go, we're going to give you... And it's money, it's always yeah, money. money. It costs, yeah. A pilot costs so much money. Yeah. People do not understand what a television pilot costs. Whereas, obviously, you can put on a play for 200 quid if you really want yeah, to. If you, yeah. Obviously, no one's getting equity rates. No, <laughs> no one's getting equity rates. <laughs> but, like, that's the problem, it's, it's, it's money. I read that article uh, that you... Like people retweeted it. It was really good. That Sarah can't say so. Oh, Sarah Soleimani wrote. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, she was, she, I thought she wrote that very brilliantly. That was very very interesting about how in America so many more women are in writers' rooms because 
women watch TV. Yeah. Yeah. Women are in control usually of like the household purse. And yeah, it's, like that. it's kind it's of incredible that it's only just happening. But yeah. definitely, also American television works completely differently. They have writers' rooms, so they may yeah, have twenty yeah, yeah. writers. Mm-hmm. So in the past, you would have had twenty white men writing that. Mm. And so eventually, of course, they're driven completely by advertising. So they're like, oh, we should get some women in, so we can write some good female characters who will watch this. So they will watch the adverts. Yeah. Like it's all yeah, money. It's all money. And you sort of want it to be a kind of social. Change. Yeah, yeah. But it isn't. It's just business. It's business. But they're better at business, I think, than, yeah. we, than we are. Presumably in the states, then also there are more not white people in writers' rooms as well. Yes, I think so. Yeah, I wouldn't know. From Hands down. Yeah. You would think that given you know the yeah. demographics of the US, you would definitely think that would yeah. be the case if it's driven by money. Yeah. And you're well, one of my really good friends is a writer, and she was struggling here for years, years and years and years and years, and couldn't like some of the stories that I. And she, you know, she, you know, she's from like a quite well-off family. She went to Oxford, like sort of. If she was a white man, like she would be <laughs> commissioning something, at the, you know. But nothing happened. And about two years ago, she got a job um, through her own sort of efforts, um, joining the writers' room for How to Get Away with Murder. And so she literally over a week she had to pack her life and go and live in LA. And um, and I've seen her quite a few times. And obviously, there's you know with any job there are some gripes or there's some things that she doesn't quite understand but she's like they just make it worth your while Mm. because over here in the UK you will work the same amount and you've got nothing to show for it so in the end if you haven't if you're not you know living off you know mum's dollar or dad's dollar or whatever you have to give up whereas there you do one job and you know that you can focus and give all your energy on it because you don't need to worry about your rent you don't need to worry about this because it's it's just a bigger business and she's like it, it shouldn't matter but it does because ultimately if you can't afford to write then you stop writing it's the same across all of the arts though yeah, isn't it yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's such a competitive and the same in politics as well actually yeah. because it's so competitive to get into these things you can't do it unless you can afford to work for free yeah, yeah. precisely and then yeah, that's the problem with everyone at the top is the same mm. they're all from the same background yeah mm. I think that's really exciting, though, that I do feel like it's changing. I do feel like I loved Chewing Gun. And then the other one, you, well, you oh, haven't watched Crazy Head, but you mm. watched Crazy Head. Yeah, I, t- I spoke to you about this before. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. I, I love, I really loved it. I always say that as a teenager, the character that, that I identified with was uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, <laughs> uh, which is weird because I never put a stake for a vampire's heart or anything. <laughs> anyway, crazy head. Crazy head. Uh, I really liked So, Buffy, I was really yeah. into that when I was a kid, and uh, I think that every teenage girl should have a Buffy. And the thing about Crazy Head that I thought was... I said, it was... You know, you were one of the main... You were one of the lead roles in it. It's pretty good, yeah, and nice. it was really good. It was really well written. It was really funny, and I thought it was really responsibly cast yeah. as well. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, did. your brother in yeah. the in the show, uh, he's a very attractive, uh, very attractive young man, uh, and he <laughs> plays in he plays just like a sort of quite dull, nice guy. Yeah. Which kind of like felt almost out of place. Yeah. It's like you're not, you're not playing a drug dealer. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. But hang on. That was yeah. There was some thought to that. Yeah. Look at him. You think, oh right, so he's gonna turn up and make shit like wild, and he just is really nice brother. Yeah. <laughs> a really nice brother who we have to like put aside as we go and like yeah get some demons. Yeah. And, it's, <laughs> and I thought it was like really... got drug him and be like go to sleep literally. 
also was yeah. like we were like having the the importance of diversity to allow to play all different characters and to yeah. allow a boring character yeah, yeah. not to be like you said those traditional roles yeah. that not white actors are being forced into playing yeah yeah because be you hear it all the time don't you actors going to America like oh, Riz yeah. Ahmed for example yeah. saying he just only ever got offered roles as a terrorist yeah and the thing is it's fine for Riz Ahmed to, pl- to play a terrorist if there are other roles yeah, yeah. For him to play. I went up for something like it was to play like a baddie in it and um, I had a friend who was also going up for the role who's like oh no I don't really want to play a baddie because I don't want like black person to be seen as a baddie I was like I, I really want to play a baddie like how fun would that be yeah. but it's the only reason why we have to check ourselves which I think is really annoying is because you go oh but there's not enough diversity mm. but I remember in Crashing I was playing quite a sexy sexy character but because that's so far away from what I've ever been cast as I, I was just like it's character it's fine mm. but I remember some people sort of thinking that you know oh, you know, isn't it weird playing those sort of characters? I was like, as long as there's diversity, you can have people who are not bright. You can have people who um, are confident sexually or use sex for something else or, you know, like all that can exist. It's when you keep seeing the same thing. Mm. They're like, then it gets toxic and that's when it gets Mm. a bit messy. But everything should exist, I think. It's important for people to see positive roles. Is it annoying constantly being asked? talk to us about diversity yeah. in TV is, is is that actually like a bit like I just want to do my job well, do you know what yeah yeah you're just like I just want to get on with it but there's a problem so you have to talk about it what I do feel sometimes even though things have got better you know for instance you look at um, chewing gum or you look at um, insecure there is this sort of notion of there's one so it's fine yeah. There's yeah. one that exists, so it's fine. The, the problem's been fixed. It's like, mm. no, it's when we talk about uh, about diversity, it, it means so much more. Yeah. And I do think that there is a habit sometimes of patting people, certain people patting themselves on the back, going, well, we have one. It's like, that's not what diversity well, it's is. Well, it's like the women in comedy thing. Yeah, it's you've got like, one. there's one on the panel, great. Done. Done. Congratulations, yes. everyone goes home happy. Mm. But it's like, that's not what the world looks like. Well, like, I think it's about the casting, isn't it? It's to challenge every cast and be like, okay, well, why are we casting that as a yeah. non-white actor? And why are we not seeing, why can't Hamlet be from any background, yeah. gender, colour? Like, that's what we need to look at. And that's, it is hard because, of course, culturally, we've all watched the same programmes, we've yeah. all seen the same roles. It does take your brain time to go, oh... Yeah, a woman could do that. Someone and I, I, actually who's not white could do that. I think the quickest way to subvert that is by people making the decisions being diverse groups of people. Yeah, of course. I actually, think that yeah. is the, that's the quickest way because there'll be someone in the room who goes, "Haven't you thought about this?" Yeah. Mm. That is that will be foolproof. Well, that's like we're saying. It's like people. It has to come top down. Yes. And the room at the top has to be diverse. Otherwise, it doesn't occur to them. It yeah, does. Philip Lloyd actually directed Philip Lloyd. She said she said this uh, talk that I went to go and see and she said it's not that people are being malicious with their intent but they just don't miss us when we're not there oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice you weren't there guys yeah, it's oh so weird if it's, if it's white men making all the decisions they're naturally going to be making yeah and it's I don't think it is a malicious thing yeah. it's just because they don't understand that Coming back to the play, I yeah. found that quite hard. There's the bit where they show every Labour leader. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, whoa, just white man after white mm-hmm. man. And here this, and obviously I understand 
the cultural makeup of a country and why that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, that's something that happened on Instagram. I posted something on Instagram, which was a poster, I think we can say, of the Royal Opera House, which yeah. made me laugh because it was like they'd done a really like cheesy, like as if they were the cast of Friends. Oh, yeah, and that. it just made me, it made me <laughs> laugh because I thought, why are they doing such a relaxed, like, hey guys, opera? And then Susan just like messaged me and was like, and they're they're all white and I was like I hadn't even noticed that which is totally my privilege and my bad I was like god of course that is literally a poster and then when you start looking and you see film posters and it's just either all white men yeah. or just everybody's white yeah. yeah. and it does become I think as soon as you start noticing it it does become really fu- it starts to look weird yeah, yeah. why yeah. does it look like that especially obviously if you live in extremely multicultural places yeah, like completely London. because there's a lot of my friends when they saw that bit in the play with all the leaders they were just like oh my god yeah, like no weird. wonder the Labour Party yeah. but you keep employing the yeah. same kind of dude yeah. again yeah and again yeah <laughs> The Labour Party actually is uh, it's quite interesting because they kind of consider themselves to be the women's party as yeah. well because they are the ones that have progressed the legislation that yeah. is important to women. Harriet Harman, always banging on about that shit. Um, <laughs> I like always. Harriet Harman. I like her as I like well. Her. I don't care if people <laughs> no, say she's I earnest. She's, I like her. I like her, yeah. yeah. She's cool. Yeah. I like her. I do. You do. So do I. Don't have to convince me. I'm very People much team, team Harmon. Team Harmon. <laughs> and then when Diane Abbott came up, and you were like, "Wow, yeah, that's the first. That's the first." She's woman, the first. Wasn't it? I she's saw the first as, in terms of people coming up on the screens of this play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 She's also the first uh, black female yeah. MP. MP. Sarah Pascoe, who we chatted to, or rather you chatted to, and I sat oh, yeah, there yeah. and recorded you and told you to move the <laughs> microphone away from the mic. So Sarah, Sarah just adapted Pride and Prejudice yeah. for the Nottingham Playhouse. And oh, okay. they specifically went for complete diverse casting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and they very much wanted, because Sarah was like, no one in the book ever says that they're white. It's never yeah. mentioned, so why can't they be? And we talked about, is that what you're going to They talked about that they've been conscious controversy but yeah. it was not a non-white Lizzie Bennett oh gosh again at the time surprised me but then then you both schooled me of like yeah Carrie people get pissed off about it's because me and Sarah are from Essex so <laughs> yeah. we know yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know those people are out there yeah, um, yeah but also you see you see it quite a lot I said at the time, you know, the whole like Idris Elba being James yeah, Bond. Yeah, yeah, it really rattles people. Like, yeah, it's yeah, like, I it's find the it character, but it's not quite right. It's like when John Boyega was announced he's going to be a stormtrooper, and oh, everyone's like, no. How could? Is that really? Did they? Star yeah, Wars? Yeah. Star Wars. There was a big thing, and I remember because I'm a massive Star yeah. Wars fan. Yeah, and I again was, was <laughs> and I was shocked at that. For me, I was like, "What did the droids look like? How is everything looking? Yeah. Are they How keeping they the look? ethos of the original films?" After everything, Lucas, come on, Phantom Menace is what we should be offended yeah. by, <laughs> not John Boyega. Who then you watch it, it was so good. Yeah. Yeah, it was absolutely brilliant this film, and I think the new reboot of Star Wars is really good. <laughs> I thought it was going to be shit. I really, really didn't want to so see it. Good. I thought it was going to be awful. Can and, uh, I, can I, I admit something? I've not seen it. You've never ever seen any of them? <gasps> no, I saw my ex was like, "You've got to get into Star Wars," and I really don't like when exes do that. Yeah. I, as soon as someone says you have to, I go, "I'm not going to." Yeah. So he sat me down to watch. I think it was the Empire Strikes Back. Because he's like, watch the second one no, because it's better. He and I was like, should we just start stars. at the beginning? And he was yeah. like, no. And we sat there, and for after 10 minutes, I was like, I don't care. 
and he made the mistake because he's remembering it as an adult who watched the first one then watched the second one and went oh the second one's even better you've got to watch the first one first to get what it is I don't know what anything of course not so since then back is like the thinking person style whereas like clearly the best one like the most fun one is obviously Return of the Jedi no man likes Return of the Jedi the women say they like Return of the Jedi it's got Ewoks in it but I the the reboot this reboot yeah What's it called? What do they call it? Oh, oh I don't even oh, um, Last Jedi something. Like That's that. the new oh, one. That is oh, yeah. Ooh, but again, I thought the cut, it was very, di- I thought that was quite diverse. I mean, maybe that's bad as probably yeah. as a white woman. Did I notice it? But I remember thinking, I remember thinking this is brilliant. The, the lead hero is a woman. Yeah. And then you've got John Boyega playing a stormtrooper. This is, yeah. and it felt to me like this is the film that should be made now yeah. in 2017. Yeah. I understand why things, you know, yeah. obviously things have changed. But I watched it, I was like, God, this feels so exciting. And if you were a young kid now, you go, oh yeah, that's the world that I recognise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was really exciting. All kids should be like, I can be a stormtrooper. Well, maybe not because they're baddies, but like, you yeah, know, I can be a reformed character. <laughs> yeah. Trooper. But I do think when it comes to the thing that I find funny and and why I loved Crazy Head is like when it comes to sort of supernatural, sci-fi, or whatever. Mm. Like, if there is ever a universe which could be diverse, it's that one. And yeah. so it really makes me laugh when people go, but no, because you're like these things aren't real. There's They're talking not real. robots. Like there is a man who's just well, a, 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 a Wookiee. Like, yeah. What is a Wookiee? Yeah, I don't know. I say. Can yeah. tell you. I, could, I literally can tell you. Them, but you're right though, and I think sci-fi has been well, it's extremely been extremely white for a long yeah. time hasn't it well there's a, this show at the moment Time Wasters which is oh, about yes, time travel so it's exciting. about these four black kids who find a lift that takes them back in time to like the 1930s 1920s 20s it is, yeah. and it's just and you sort of go gosh yeah no you've never seen these kinds of people they never t- they're not really included in time travel until maybe you know a couple of series ago of Doctor Who that occasionally pop up and but the original Star Trek we should say which was a Gene Rodenberry set out to, to his whole his whole ethos was and I'm not in particular but his whole ethos was in the future yeah. of course there'd be someone from everywhere that's yeah. the point it's a global society yeah. so he was a bit of a groundbreaker but you're right and Time Wasters by it's Daniel Taylor right yeah now. it's brilliant it's, it's so, so funny so great and, it, and again like you said it, the main thing is it's a very funny show yeah, yeah but that's the thing it's sort of like oh you know if we have a, you know diversity whether it's oh you know there's this person who's in a wheelchair and they're in this show is it saying something you just that's what people get scared about mm. is that they think that viewers will watch something and go why what what sort of political statement are they trying to make by that person being in it and you just sort of go no there's no no they're all because they have talent people yeah. have talent mm. and you just have to trust that and it's only until it gets made that you see it and you go oh yeah people do oh I wonder why I can't remember why I was worried yeah because they're talented but it's it's the getting you always have to prove yourself it's tiring isn't yeah. it do you find it tiring yeah I get knackered sometimes yeah I do get really tired do you feel what well, both you, you feel as a woman in the profession that you're in you have to <laughs> you have to prove yourself yeah it's difficult I, and I'm wary of conflating the woman issue with the diversity mm-hmm. issue because they yeah. are different they are different and they things are yeah but if you think it's like if you think you've got to jump through hoops then yeah you know I do think well <laughs> you, you know just, yeah. I'm, I'm waving at Susan <laughs> okay, here yeah. as if, like, there's two women in the profession yeah I definitely feel I don't, I'm not you know you can answer I feel like I do feel and whether it's paranoia 
or not I mm. feel like you have to prove yourself twice yeah absolutely 100%. I just do I just feel like uh, interesting with this whole thing that's coming out about Harvey Weinstein yeah. and the scandal I read I haven't read it properly but Alec Baldwin came out and oh, I know mm. obviously he's had his trouble <laughs> he wrote this thing and he was saying yeah I've been sexist and I've treated women the way I shouldn't do and he said and I have I have done what a lot of men don't admit and I have dismissed them because I knew I could yeah and just reading that sentence written down made me feel so angry but also so justified because I was like yeah, I fucking know when yeah. you're being dismissed because you're a woman and you feel like if you say anything you're nagging you're being a pain mm. you're being a, oh, a typical woman mm. and for him to just say that sentence I was like I yeah. knew it I knew it I knew it but I felt I was I know all credit to him I don't think there's any point doing people down when they are doing something good. I was like, yeah, admit it. Admit yeah, the times yeah, that you yeah. use your masculinity to get to uh, keep us down, to yeah. not let women in the room, yeah. to not let her win. But it's so like totally pervasive, isn't it? Like it's it's. Yeah. Uh, there's a nice cartoon on Twitter of two. I think it's two eagles like having a cup of tea. Yeah. And it's like, what do you think about what the sparrow said? And it's like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah. And it's like I've never been. I've never been prey. And I was like, no, neither have I. Yeah, I've seen, I mean, no, I've seen just, that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's Barrett. And I was like, God, that just, like, literally, yeah. if, you, if you haven't experienced it, I do understand it's hard to, it's hard to get your head around. But maybe just believe people. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I get, and this is one of the, one of the, a few years ago, I just, about three years ago, I sort of decided to stop talking about race for, for a bit because <laughs> I was getting really stressed out. And it was my friend, uh, right, who lives in LA, she sent me a message because I was getting into this spat with these two um, white guys on on Facebook about something that I shouldn't have really bothered getting involved in. And I called my female friends, just went, Aah! and it just became this really nasty stream of, of messages. And she sent me a message and she was just like, dude, you're going to do yourself a mischief. Yeah. You can do so, like, stop it. And not because I was saying anything wrong, but she was just like, what you're doing is you're trying to convince two men that your existence is justified and your experience happened. And that does damage when you're constantly going, this is my life and this is what's happened, and someone's going, prove it. No, that doesn't sound quite right. No, that doesn't. No, but w what are the facts? And uh, yeah. it's. it. And you're going, the fact is that I lived it and it happened. And they're just they were not interested in travelling yeah. mentally somewhere else and she just went you're going to just you have to pick your battles because what is the point of trying to convince these people that your life happened so okay. how long is the play running for and where can our listeners see it <laughs> you can well it's running until the 2nd of December so we've only got a few weeks left you can go on the website Labour of Love the play Google it. It's there. Noel Carrot Theatre. Um, and we have, m the most important thing, we have uh, £10 day seats every day from 10.30. So you can get really, really brilliant seats for only a tenner. Amazing. Yeah. Excellent. And is there anything else coming up? Where else might Where we, can we see follow you in the social? Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm probably just see me on Twitter. Anyway, it's um, <laughs> Susan <laughs> underscore. We're going right. um, Yes, uh, there, there is one other thing. I just did a pilot with Matt Berry. And, um, oh yes, which is yeah. another historical. It's the first corset I've ever worn, <gasps> That's and I was so I put it on, and I was like, ah, "You can keep this. Yeah, yeah. I don't want it. Oh, it fucking hurts." It has a couple of working titles, and it's uh, it's about a Victorian murder squad. Mm -hmm. So it was a excellent. Yeah. Susan McComa, thank you very much, and, you and you, Carrie, you all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> at Lady Carriad, guys, or at Carrie Lloyd for Instagram stories. Yeah, 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 yeah. They know.
this issue for all women.